Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is week two in the NFL, which means your 1-0 Washington football team will be traveling to Arizona to take on the 1-0 Cardinals. As always, I'm Josh Taylor, joined by Brian Murphy on the Burgundy Network Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. This is our week two preview show. Uh, we had success last week with it, and it turned out well with a win. What do you say, Brian? Let's do it again. It's not often that uh, Washington football gets to talk about the chance to go 2-0 hopefully for the first time since 2011 with sexy Rexy Grossman. So uh, it's nice to be in this situation. Uh, so I, I'm down to do it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. We, I think we're in a better uh, situation than we were back then. Possibly able to go to a no. We'll see. We have someone who has something to say about that. That's my guy Cameron Cox, Emmy-winning sports anchor with NBC12 Sports. Cameron, how you doing? Guys, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. I think the Redskins have a good chance of going 2-0. You do? Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll start with that. i got reasons why maybe they won't. But uh, that that was a good football team that we saw. They surprised the hell out of me. I didn't pick them to win last week. I don't know many people did, but uh, Ron Rivera, he's the real deal. It was, hey. it was fun to watch. <laughs> well, good. It, you come it was on fun over. to watch. Maybe he can run the team and answer the phones and, you know, do everything in that organization. Because uh, I hey, went I mean, through a wall for that man. He's doing everything right now. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, and listen, Josh Josh picked him. I, I did not last week. I was happy to be wrong, but you're right. I did not expect that. I didn't expect eight sacks like that. That was unreal. Very pleasantly surprised. To be honest, I didn't I didn't think your Cardinals would pull it off against the defending NFC champs against the 49ers. What a, what a oh, yeah. big win last week for those guys. Yeah, it was huge. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't think a lot of people nationally – really took the Cardinals serious. I think that kind of was a wake-up call. Uh, around here, though, I will say maybe you could call it being a homer or whatever, but, like, when you just looked at the pieces they had on paper on this offense, like, speaking from a guy who ran Cliff System in college and in high school, never was able to get to that next level, but I'm just saying as a guy who knows that offense, when you had that the pieces that they added to it, and then you account for Kyler Murray being the offensive rookie of the year, what he brought, you knew they could be pretty good. If they could just get some ounce of defense, I mean, last year they couldn't cover a tight end to save their life. It was like, you know, 2 million yards, 80,000 touchdowns. It was terrible. It was awful. Uh, we're in that we're same still boat. having nightmares about that last year, um, about covering tight ends. So, I mean, if they could just get a little bit of defense to go with these weapons, like, you knew they could be a little dangerous, and um, it was really good to see them kind of put it all together after a very weird preseason. Everybody was like, how the Cardinals look? How the Cardinals look? Like, I don't know. We watched the first five minutes. Of Friday, <laughs> out. There's exactly. no fans in there. They don't let us watch. Kyler Murray looked great in warm-ups. He looked like he's put on a few pounds. Yeah, he looks great. DeAndre Hopkins can jog. That's fantastic. Yeah. What's his offense look like? I don't know. I watched, I watched an hour of total practice <laughs> because there were no fans there. So it was good to see him finally put something together. I'll, I'll say that. 
So that's what I wanted to ask you. You know, a lot of people, I mean, that's what I said. You know, we didn't really know what to expect. The only thing we were getting was from local media. Like, we don't know what the team's going to look like because there's no preseason games. So what really surprised you the most last week, you know, in the season opener against the 49ers that kind of caught you off guard that you weren't expecting, really? Number one, I didn't expect the 49ers to not pay attention to DeAndre Hopkins. Saying that, <laughs> saying that DeAndre Hopkins is a monster a monster like the dudes from Space Jam, all five of them put together. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is unbelievable yeah. at getting open. So two things. I, I, I thought I, – I really did. I thought the 49ers would give Kyler and DeAndre a little bit more respect. The respect that they got early on in that game was like the same respect teams gave them last year when they didn't really key on guys, they didn't really key on Kyler. And you saw kind of what happened as the game went on. They kind of stuck to that and. Kyler and DeAndre just kept finding holes in the defense. And by the end of the game, this is where they can really wear you out is they just keep pounding at you with these quick passes. And they, they all of a sudden they run the ball. They rack up a total of 180 yards rushing. Kyler's running around. Things just start opening up. And then DeAndre breaks free for, a t- I mean, a close, almost a touchdown, one yard short of a touchdown. But he was wide open in space. And that's just because their tempo and everything else that just gets after a defense. So I was really surprised that, the 49ers didn't account for DeAndre Moore. I thought other guys would have a very big game. I think Washington will do a better job of that this week and look for other guys to get involved with the offense. Uh, but to see De- to see the guy you traded for, you made the highest-paid non-quarterback. Like to see that happen in Week One, that connection, your reigning offensive, you know, the reigning NFL offensive rookie of the year, have that kind of impact on the game just shows you that uh, this offense works. Cliff Systems works and they're on the right path to what they were doing. Uh, defensively, they were better. So I, that was the – I mean, seriously, flat out that they were just better because they were so bad last year at times. Um, they were just better. And, and no, before you uh, – Isaiah Simmons, the rookie, the linebacker everybody talked about coming out the draft. He, he, no, that did not surprise me. There was always going to be a learning curve. With that. Yeah. I, that was that was the biggest debate with our fan base. I mean, if you were paying attention during the draft, people were like, do we draft Chase or do we trade back and get Isaiah Simmons? My guy, Rant, will love this talk. Um, yeah, I kind of <laughs> wanted to ask about him because, I mean, we saw him get burned on that one touchdown uh, by uh, Mostert. But I kind of heard some rumors that he might even be going to, like, second string right now. How do you think he fits in with the defense? Like you said, there might be a slight learning curve. What kind of are you expecting out of Simmons uh, year one? Well... The, like I said, w- watching the little bit we got to watch in training camp, you could just tell right away he's faster than what I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his footwork needed some help. At times during camp, he would warm up with the corners because they wanted to get his footwork a little better. Mm-hmm. And they wanted him to work on that. Um, in the NFL, it's a diff. I mean, people say all the time, it's a different game. It's just faster. Oh, and, yeah. it, and you just have to be more on your toes. You got to be ready to move. You know, at the drop of a hat, at the snap of a finger. And so he's just not going to get the same angles he was going to get in college. The dude is an athletic freak. He needs to put on a little more size. I think he's skinnier than what the Cardinals were hoping for. So he needs to put on a little more weight. Originally, they started him at inside linebacker. We're hoping he could cover the entire middle of the field as they had some injuries in the secondary. They moved him to outside backer. So he hadn't been working there too long. And then when you throw in Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, the Cardinals said this today. Just think about he added up kind of all the snaps. He got the 1,200 snaps is what Isaiah Simmons missed in the offseason. When you have a virtual offseason, 
a watered down training camp because of COVID-19 and no preseason games, like all the rookies, even Chase Young, you know, almost 1,200 snaps is what Vance Joseph got. That's incredible. Like when you really think about it. So there was all, at least for him and what they want him to do and the guys they want him to cover. Um, there was always going to be a learning curve. Week one was no surprise to me. I think he'll be just fine in this defense long term. But, I mean, this might sound kind of cliche, but he's going to have some growing pains. And they're going to be ugly at times, kind of what you saw last week. He rebounded a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but there were definitely plays where it was like they picked on him. They set a pick for him. They were going, you know, they went at him. He had to decide, and he went the wrong way. But that's what happens when you've never seen it before. So we'll be basic. We'll be yeah, you got to be with some of these guys. Like you said, the offseason pretty crazy. So I'm, I want to stick with the defense as well. It looks like uh, San Francisco really used their backs out of the backfield with Mostert, Juszczyk, and I think McKinnon got into the end zone with a receiving touchdown. Is that something that Washington can try to do against this defense? Is that something they're susceptible to, or was that Kyle Shanahan just drawing up the perfect play like he, he he's known to do? Well, last year against the 49ers, um, the Cardinals got burned at the end of the game on that exact type of play. Like Chandler Jones was responsible, you know, the Chandler Jones, pass rusher. His second, like, assignment on this defense, on this play of the game last year that won the 49ers game was the back out of the backfield. And, like, all of a sudden you just see Chandler reaching for the back and you're just like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> and then the back runs free. They score a touchdown. That's how the 49ers beat the Cardinals last year. And then, of course, you saw this past weekend where kind of the same thing happened at times. Um, It's definitely something the Cardinals need to work on and get better at. Covering tight ends, they did a better job with George Kittle. That was also because George Kittle was hurt a little bit uh, during the game. He was battling some injuries, too, as well. Um, Losing track of those guys in in the backfield just seemed to kind of be their Achilles heel at times. Uh, That's what they drafted Isaiah Simmons for. So until – and they have another first-round pick at outside linebacker who kind of rotates in there too as well to cover guys in Hassan Reddick. Um, you know, he's been a bust so far. He's playing better. He played a little bit better. Um, there's not too many high expectations for him, but, like, those are the guys that are probably going to be counted on to get, you know, guys out of the backfield and stuff like that. If I were the 40 – if I were, excuse me, uh, the Washington football team, that's kind of what I would be, you know, at least attacking – just to see, hey, when are you going to fix it? Because if you're not going to fix it, we're going to take advantage of it. Right, and Washington kind of struggled to establish the run last week. And I've been saying, you know, as we've been leading up to the season, that those short passing games, the backs out of the backfield, the underneath stuff, can almost double as a as a makeshift running game. So I was just curious if that might be something that they try to do this weekend. Well, well, I will say this. That's, to me, the short passing game has really helped Kyler Murray in his career. I mean, oh, it's yeah. – any young quarterback like that, like get the ball out of their hands, get it to a receiver, get, you know, allow them just to get some positiveness going in the game. And so to let them grow, your back is your, your friend, your tight end is your friend. The short two to three yard passes are your friend um, when you're just trying to develop something. And um, I, I think for, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, I think that's one thing he struggled at. If I, if I remember last year, it's just, hey, man, complete a pass at times. You know what I mean? Right. You guys know better than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like he's a little bit more confident. And it looks like a lot of those shorter passes are working out for him. You build some confidence, then you can take some shots down the field. Yeah, last week, um, Kyler Murray had only three pass attempts over 20 uh, yards in the passing game, completed none of them. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what we've been saying, like what Brian said, with like the short pass game being like our running game. Uh, first off, shout out to Ken Drake, Roll Tide, that's my guy. 
Um, you know, outside of him and <laughs> he's Edmonds, a beast, man. dude, he's love. A beast. He'll always be and one of my know, favorites. And you know what? It's cool. This is like his chance. And you know, since you're an Alabama fan, I'm guessing that right, Alabama fan. Oh yeah, is that right? Okay. Uh, it's unhealthy. You know, he was never the he was never the guy there. Like he always no. had a partner with him. You know what I mean? Same thing in Miami. It was like he maybe had the job, he didn't have the starting job. Like here, it is his job to kind of roll with. And you know, last week it was weird. Cliff opened the game, I think, with like twelve, ten, nine, something like that. So many pass plays in a row. And you were like, "Hey, Cliff, did you forget you got to <laughs> And this offensive line who averaged five yards of carry last year. Uh, I think there was some growing pains in Cliff's play calling too as well. He admitted that after the game. So I, I look for the Cardinals to run the football a little bit more. Uh, but Kenyon Drake has been really a brush of fresh air for this offense. That dude puts his foot in the ground. He runs hard. Yeah. And he can cut on a dime. And so I'm happy to see him get this opportunity. And, like, this is his opportunity. And and Cliff said this earlier. Like, he was kind of at the point when he was traded here last year. It was like, hey, maybe if this doesn't work out, who knows what would work out next? Because you know? we wanted them. And, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of a lot the rumors of were floating. And um, it, it just – it was at that point it was like Miami's not working out. Like, okay, you only get so many opportunities of running – a young running back to kind of yeah. prove your point. You know what I mean? And so now that this is his time, it's it's good to see him take it and run with it. What would you say is the biggest difference between Kenyon and Edmonds? Because once again, you know, he does have a solid guy that stepped up when he had the opportunity to. So what would you kind of say separates them two from each other? Uh, I say Chase Edmonds is uh, – he can do – to me, Chase Edmonds can do everything. So he's a great back to have as a backup. And Cliff said it this week, and I, I somewhat agree with him, that Chase Edmonds could be a starting running back for any team in the league right now. Um I think he still has a little bit more to prove when he runs between the tackles, but but the dude can put his foot in the ground just as much as Drake can and uh, and get moving. Um, he has a great burst of speed. His hands, that's what really separates him. At times last year, like they were moving him to slot receiver outside. I mean, they were just moving him all over the field just because they wanted to get him the ball. So there's not a lot of drop-off as far as when you take Drake out of the game or running the ball with Chase Edmonds. And that's kind of what makes the Cardinals a little dangerous, at least in this offense, um, where they got those two guys they can interchange like that. Um, so, I mean, it's Edmonds is a pretty good running back, I would think. As someone who, who's watching the Cardinals from afar and is really now starting to see Kyler Murray more and more and more, how often will Cliff Kingsbury use him as with a design run, not just a scramble, not just a, oh, wait to see if something comes open Our and then take off? Run. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in trouble. Let me take off. Like, how often is he sending him on a design run, you know, once a drive? Or how, how often yeah. does that happen? I'm going to answer this question, then I got a question for you two guys about Kyler Murray. Um, not as much as I as I thought, and that's because Kyler is a passer first. And uh, I was talking to guys even this week. Like, it was just – it's really impressive to watch him play. Um, I was talking to a former defensive coordinator yesterday who used to be in the league, and we were just catching up. And he was saying, man, that dude just keeps his eyes downfield all the time. And – that's because he's a passer first. Like you see him move, you see the burst. You saw the touchdown last week where the dude cut right at a ninety degree angle and yeah. his feet kept moving. And then all of a sudden he got faster. And then he beat like three guys to the pylon after like a cut. Like physical, like laws of physics. I'm not sure how that happened because I was never that fast in my <laughs> lifetime. So don't even ask me how that happens. Can't even. I can't even go there mentally. Um, so not as many design runs as probably they thought. 
Um, what Kyler can do and, and, and what we've seen, this is the biggest difference between when Josh Rosen was the Cardinals' first-round quarterback and Kyler Murray, is that Murray has the ability to make plays when they break down, but he makes plays with a purpose. Mm. So he's moving his feet with a purpose. He's not just running out of the pocket to run out of the pocket. No, this dude's running out of the pocket because he sees a hole, boom, he can hit it here. If not, he's dropping back and he's going to throw it down the field. He's looking for somebody to get rid of the ball to. So um, not as many design runs. We've seen a few, um, but but I think they want him to make plays. They give him that freedom to make plays with his feet. Um, and I, I think that's where their runs are. De- that's where their runs are going to come from. We will see a few design runs. You, you'll see them throughout the season. But it's not like uh, I think the Ravens and Lamar Jackson where they're yeah. probably calling maybe sure. five of those a game, maybe a little more than that. I, I would assume um, when they're calling those left and right, you're not seeing a lot of guys motion and like you know they're not running dive with Kyler Murray up. The middle, so. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't think I don't, I don't think they want him to get hit like that. Oh no doubt. Me personally, yeah, me personally. Um, all right, but, but, but you too. So, what is the perception nationally among Kyler Murray? Like, what what, what do you, how do you guys see Kyler as a quarterback? It's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble. And the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe, clean cut up the sideline with the cutting-edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. If he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches, grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt the result will be a touchdown. I was going to say, you know, coming into this season, I saw people picking him as a dark horse to win the MVP, and I thought that was crazy. Honestly, until last week. And like you said, just changing direction, bringing his team back, uh, you know, against the defending NFC champions. Like, I totally see what uh, some of these people were saying about a dark horse MVP offensive player type uh, player this year. And the fact that he added DeAndre Hopkins, which I think, like you were saying earlier on, that he was missing was that, like, go-to number one wide receiver. He's dangerous, man. I think he's going to be, you know – I don't know that he's Mahomes or Jackson level, but I think he's just a step below and has the potential to be there for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I'll say the Cardinals is one of those teams I haven't really watched like over the years. It's just like one of those. I mean, especially yeah, out here hard, in the East Coast. It's hard Coast. to do. I, I barely watch the Redskins. I mean, right, right. <laughs> how many times do I just turn on a watch? Oh, oh my gosh, do you hear what I just called them? I'm yeah, so sorry. Okay. I apologize. We're not going to keep. You, you got to correct. You got to. You got to correct me when I say. We it. still do it. I mean, so. Did you, 
You know, it's funny. Some players on the team still said, oh, I'm terrible. It's all right. You know how many times I've turned on the TV and watched the Washington football team play? Nearly never. This Sunday. I'll be honest. Nearly this Sunday, exactly. (laughs) It's funny because in in the group chat that I talked to, uh, my guy George Carmi, shout out to him, actually said something um, about Kyler Murray that I think was perfect. He said he is a really good point guard at quarterback. You know, he can throw it deep if he needs to. He can, you know, pull up and shoot threes. Um, but, and like you said, he's a pass-first guy. 100% agree with you on that. But he will make the smartest play every single play. If that's a 10-yard dump off, he knows Nuke yep. can make that a 30-yard, 40-yard gain. He, he knows that he can take that to the house. He's not going to get desperate and throw these big, long passes every single time. He's just a really good point guard, and he's evolving slowly. And I think adding Hopkins to this team is going to bring a lot more attention for east coast guys like myself who are like oh let me go watch you know this cardinals team that looks so interesting this year bring more attention to colin murray i think this year he's going to get a lot more respect than he did last year um so i'm yeah, excited yeah. to see the respect that he's going to get but i think he's just a really good point guard who has the upside to turn into one of the best quarterbacks in the league you know it's weird it, he he reminds me so much of russell wilson um mm-hmm. russell wilson is a better passer at this point I think Kyler's a better runner, but like just the football IQ, the smarts, the ability to do things. Like I've been on the sidelines plenty of times, and you just see Russ. Oh, there he goes. Oh no, he's coming back. Oh, there he throw. He, how did he find that dude open? Like just that their ability to make good things happen for their football team. And like when you surround those type of guys with like good talent and an offensive line that can somewhat protect them, you know, even. You know, Russ gets beat up all the time. I feel like Chandler Jones has four sacks every time they play the Seahawks. So, Russell Wilson's running for his life. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the game, he's still there, and they're still right in it, and it comes down to the last three or four drives. And so, um, you you surround these guys with some talented people, and they can take off. And I think think Kyler is on that track. Um, I think he had to, you know, kind of shed the stigma of like a system quarterback. Yeah. Everybody saw what he did at Oklahoma. We're just trained that like that type of spread, high level power offense doesn't necessarily work at the next level. Guys, I'm telling you right now, it works. And it works when you can run the football. And that's something the Cardinals have figured out creative ways to do. And so now Kyler can do his thing. And yeah. that's the cool part. I don't think it's a coincidence that Cliff Kingsbury, you know, got hired. You know, people kind of like scratching their head, like, how do you get fired from your college, you know, coaching job and they go straight to the NFL like that? It's not a coincidence. It's, well, that, it's what the well, NFL just, is turning into. And that just shows you the respect Cliff had around the league. And, yeah. you know, it was a very weird hire. It came out of like nowhere. But, like, when you talk to people and, I mean, when you talk to the guys who really not invented this offense but made it popular, like the Mike Leaches, the Sonny Dykes. I mean, you just go down the list there. Tony Franklin. I mean, all these guys, these offensive guru guys. Like, Cliff was the next one. He was – he's in there. I mean, they could run the ball at Tech and throw it around. So, like, he, he was just that name out there. You just didn't think, like, is someone going to pull the trigger and really give that guy a chance? Well, it kind of opens your eyes. Well, maybe maybe you should next time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I thought it was definitely out of a left field hire, but, but Cliff definitely deserves – uh, to have that job, and he he's earned it. I mean, he's definitely earned it. I gotta ask you, because um, Larry Fitzgerald's been one of my favorite players outside of Washington. I mean, since growing up. I mean, I'm only 27, but you know, watching football from when he first started out of Pitt. What's it been like covering that guy throughout the years? Unbelievable, unbelievable. Like, 
I, I'll say this. When I was growing up high school, we used to watch tape of Larry. It was like, hey, this is this is the kind of footwork you want to have as a receiver. This is the kind of hands you want to have. When you run these routes, this is what you want to do. So, like, for me, getting to meet Larry Fitzgerald and get to know him, get to cover him, like, it is kind of like meeting, not per se your idol, but just someone you kind of always looked up to. And then yeah. to have, build a relationship with that person, a friendship per se, I mean, it's it's just really cool. He's as good, good of a pro as I've ever met in my time, good as a person too as well. Uh, from the community to the type of guy that he is, to how he makes time for people, to what he does in the locker room with guys, um, stories people will never know, advice that people will never know. He gives the guys about money and life and investments and stuff like that. It's just it's as good as it comes with Larry Fitzgerald. And then you watch him play, and it's just like this dude does everything right. He blocks, he runs, jump. I mean, I mean, it's, it doesn't drop anything. He's got a catch radius. It might well, might as well be the entire football field. I swear, if you started him on the goal line and just threw it, you know, as far as you could throw it, he'd find a way to go catch it. And you'd just be like, oh, that's just Larry being Larry. Last week was a great example. I don't know if y'all get to go back and watch the tape. That play. I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I tweeted this play out. It was right before the end of the half. And I had some high school coaches reach out to me the next day. Hey, we showed that to our team in the meeting room. And the Cardinals were driving. They were down six. Um, second to last play before the half. DeAndre Hopkins gets tackled in field goal range. The clock's ticking. They got no timeouts. Larry, who's not even involved in the play, runs over to Hopkins, grabs the ball out of his hand, rushes it to the middle of the field, and spots it for the ref so they can <laughs> run up and spike it. Huh. And they spiked it with three seconds left. You got a field goal. Out all it, because yeah. Larry hurried up with the ball and set it there for the ref, and they got it spiked, and they kicked the 54-yard field goal, and they went into the half down three and instead of six. Like, sure, you can say, like, in that situation, I would hope I'd be that good of a football player to know, like, hurry up. But, like, how many guys are just getting up and thinking, like, hey, all right, my job is to get set. I got to hurry up and get set. Like, let me just – like, no one's thinking about, hey, the ball's got to get back to the middle of the and He field was, like, so peeling can... guys off of him. <laughs> yeah. And so he, like, pushed the ref out of the way, too. But that just that's just Larry. That's just Larry. And that's – like, if there's a play that, that shows who Larry is, to me, it's Jerry Rice 1A and Larry Fitzgerald 1B, and the rest of them have fun being in second, period. Whoa, whoa Randy Moss, come on. And listen, Randy <laughs> Moss can be in second as far as I'm concerned. I mean, when All you right. have more tackles than you have drops in such a long career, Absurd. that is the craziest stat listen, in NFL Randy history. Randy Moss is good. He was great. Like, there's no you – can't, oh, you can't argue, like, Randy Moss is not one of the best receivers of all time. Of course he is. But it's Jerry and Fitz, and those two are awfully <laughs> close together. And you can you can debate two through ten. How's that? Two right. through ten, but 1A and 1B are set. We'll put Terry at three, Terry McLaurin. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, what the uh, homers will say. So are the Cardinals worried after seeing the, the Washington football team put up eight sacks? He, I know you said that they don't want to get Kyler Murray hit, obviously, but, uh, you know, not trying to be a home or anything, but if a team's coming in after sacking a guy eight times, I'd be a little bit worried about my franchise guy. What, what are the thoughts there, and are they taking some extra time looking for some of those guys on the defensive line? A little bit worried. Y'all watched. Y'all watched it, right? Y'all watched it. I'm gonna say it again. Damn it. Excuse me. Y'all watched the Washington game last week, right? A little bit worried. That defense is unreal. Yeah. That front seven. They get after people. Chase Young is a monster. I mean, near unblockable at times. I mean, he gets off the ball with some power, 
he was throwing around some offensive linemen. I mean, that uh, yes, to answer your question, yes, they that is a huge concern. Um, I mean, that's everything for the Cardinals. I, to me, that's the game right there. Like, if you can figure out a way to keep Kyler upright, to run the football against that front, like the, the, your defensive line, all of them, even the guys they rotate in, they get it. They got a motor. They get after people. And so that's the one thing I took away. And that's the text message I was exchanging with people today around the league. Like, that defense is a good defense. And you're just not going to be able to, like, move the ball up and down the field on these guys. They're going to come after you. And so that's the key for the Cardinals. They can figure out a way to protect Kyler. They can figure out a way. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard in the spread to really control the line of scrimmage. Uh, but the Cardinals do a good job moving guys around and creating running lanes and, and figuring out creative ways to run the football. So they can, if they can run the ball uh, patiently like they did last week, because all of a sudden at the end of the game, you're like, oh, y'all ran for 150 yards. Well, how the hell did they get there? Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what it seemed like at the end of the game. Yeah. But if they could do that, I mean, and just kind of slowly chip away, um, I think they'll be all right. But, I mean, that's – yes, if you're asking if we're concerned, yes, we're <laughs> concerned. Because when you looked at that box score afterwards and then you looked at how they got those sacks, okay, we, we're going to have to we have to throw some chips in there to help, you know, the offensive line out. I don't know if you could just stick five guys out there and have, and have Murray drop back. You better put some uh, tight end back there and a running back. How's uh, Mason Cole and uh, Josh Jones health-wise? Uh, so Josh Jones, he's the uh, the rookie. He's the lineman they drafted. Yeah, the rookie lineman they drafted. I, I don't see him playing much this year at all. He's kind of the you know kind of the one backup on the O line. I think he's even at the back of the the depth chart. Um, uh, I think he's battling. I think an ankle injuries per se. Mm-hmm. Um, Mason Cole. It doesn't look like Mason Cole is going to play this week at center. Um, so that could be a little bit of a game changer. Lamont came in and played well. So, um, you know, Mason was the guy that they were hoping would re- replace AQ Shipley. Mason mm-hmm. started every game his rookie year, did not start any game last year because AQ got healthy. Now Mason's the guy. Um, so that's a little different when you when you have a different center in there. But Lamont didn't do terrible when he was in there. So that's a good sign. Um, you know, Josh Jones is mainly a backup for the Cardinals right now. They drafted him. You know, he's, he was a projected first-round pick who fell. And so he, he's just a guy that I think is a project for them long oh, yeah. term. Solid um, upside, if, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, when you get a guy who's graded out like that, uh, it's never a bad thing. Uh, but offensive line, I think they should be okay. But there, there's – to add to the concern part, you're starting a new center who hasn't played much. Mm-hmm. The good thing, he was in Kyler's draft class. So maybe you maybe want to – you know, <laughs> may, hey, that sounds great, right? Uh, maybe they got some type of chemistry. I don't know. Who knows? We've never – you know, we, that, he, that was the first time he's played in a year or so. And so it's uh it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that works. I think the rest of the offensive line pretty solid though. So obviously our D line is gonna be a mismatch for a lot of teams this season. But outside of that, what matchup are you looking to where the uh, Washington football team can have the upper hand against the Cardinals? You know what? You know who besides you know what I just think about <laughs> <laughs> You know who I think about though? You know, I, I just really – the one person I want to see play is Dwayne Haskins. And that sounds like – why would you pick him? It's just because of everything he went through last year. And then mm-hmm. to see him grow and to see, like, Ron – this is from afar. So this is Utah. This is my perspective from here in Arizona. To see, like, Ron Rivera put that kind of trust in him right away, give him the job, and then to see how he played last week and then to see the throws he kept trying to make, the plays they kept trying to run for him, it, it just seems like it's a totally different dude. And so, to me, he seems like a quarterback 
that if he keeps on this path, can be a good quarterback in this league for years to come. Now, that might be putting the cart before the horse. It's one win. We know how things go in Washington. You know, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if that always works like that. But he's the one guy I, I'm, I'm looking to see. And you know, from a Cardinal standpoint, I want to see Patrick Peterson play better. Mm-hmm. I thought Patrick Peterson played good in the first week. He's on kind of a redemption tour. You know, it's been a it's been a rocky few years for him. It's a contract year. You know, two years ago when Steve Wilkes was the head coach, he asked for a trade. Last year he was suspended for the first six games for PEDs. You know, now he's kind of come back in the offseason. He's doing 4 a.m. workouts and yelling in his phone at 4 a.m. in the morning and posting on Instagram. So this is kind of like his his comeback tour in a way, you know, allow him to reintroduce himself per se. He's not out to prove people wrong. In his words, he's out to shut people up. So I thought he played well, decent in the first week. I thought there were some times at the end of the game where the 49ers could have taken advantage of him and it looked like he missed some things late in the game. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be watching him um, as far as like how he's playing because I really want to see him get back to what he used to be known as. And that's to me is one of the best quarterbacks in football. Yeah, that was that's absolutely that's... a flag in the end zone on him. That one near the end where he wasn't looking. Well, you know, he <laughs> was literally yeah, just. It, 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 well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was you know, it's so weird. The NFL and that that PI, they just totally botched it. Yeah, I don't know why it was so hard to review what. You know, to prove the refs that they were wrong, it happens. You know what I mean? And yes, I mean you probably could have called that for face guarding. That probably gets called nine out of ten times if it's not at the end of the game. Yeah, it's kind of like a you know a foul with like one second left in basketball. Right. You really gonna call that? Swallow the whistle. In the yeah, bubble, exactly. they will. <laughs> in the bubble, yes. In the bubble, they will. Ain't that the truth? All right, so uh, on Monday morning, what are we talking about? What happens in this game? Uh, Who's coming out two and zero at the end of this? I was actually right last week. I was I was wow, spot okay. on last week, and uh, I think I said twenty. I think I said 24, 21, and ended up being twenty four, uh, twenty. I was totally wrong though about how they used DeAndre Hopkins. I I thought the 49ers would try to take him away a little bit, and uh, I thought other guys were going to lead the team around him. And uh, but I mean, Hop is no decoy by any means. I'll never say that again. If I could see him in the locker room, I would apologize to him to his face and tell him, hey, man, this is what I said. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to doubt you. You're, you're the best in the league at getting open. You know, congratulations. Like, I, you know, my bad, right? Um, I, I think the Cardinals are a better team. I'll say that. I think the Cardinals are a better team. I think they're better on offense. I think they're better on defense. Despite the fact that Washington has a great front seven, um, I think they're improved. The Cardinals are improved on defense. They showed they could hang around last week and make some adjustments and make the play when it matters, something we haven't seen in September in Arizona since, like, Bruce Arians was here, and they made it all the way to the NFC title game in 2015. Saw some things like that win last week was like a meaningful, important win at the beginning of the year against another good football team, not a win late in December when no one cares and, like, they're out of it. No, this was a good first win that can set their season up where they're not playing from behind and got to win, you know, six out of seven to close the year to make the playoffs. So I think the Cardinals are a better team across the board. I think they win 30 to 14. Wow. All right. All right. I, think it's time, I think it's time for a statement. Oh, left I think it's time here. for a statement. <laughs> Yeah, now, I, I tell now, you. Go ahead. Now, now, 
I could be wrong, but I think it's worth it. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'm I'm excited about our front seven for sure. But just watching that, I think it was the first drive or just out of the the sec the of halftime when it was third and seventeen, and everybody was running deep. Everybody forgot that Kyler Murray could still run it. I'm just nervous that you know the coverage might be good or the. The, the pass rush might get up the field, and that opens up a big running lane for him. And I think that that's going to be scary and something it's to watch. It's just hard to cover. Like, it, it really is hard to cover. I've asked multiple defensive coordinators, how do you do it? And none of them, none of them have been able to tell me, like, a good answer. I mean, I've asked, you know, from high school to college, like, how do you cover those weapons? And everybody has, like, somewhat of a similar, different game plan. It's just like, well, then you got this guy open. Then you got this guy open. Like, you know, it's it's almost at some point you you just got to make sure you have. I think you got to start with Murray. You got to account for him mm-hmm. because if not, you saw what could happen last week. Yeah, I'll say the thing that surprised me uh, rewatching the the uh, Cardinal Forty Nine er game was how uncomfortable y'all got Jimmy Garoppolo at times. Yeah, like there was some there were some times you know we've heard about you know Trent Williams and like their offensive line. I know they've had some guys retire, some guys are banged up, wide receivers are out. But the the Cardinals defense, you know, outside of like Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, and these guys, it's just a bunch of not household names. So like seeing what y'all did against them, our left side of our line is not looking too solid. So do you think that y'all can create enough pass rush to get to Haskins and kind of throw our offense, which is still growing? It's not you know where we want it to be. Do you think the uh, y'all's front seven can do enough to disrupt our offense? I'm not even worried about the front seven. I'm just worried about one guy, really two guys. I want Devon Kennard. And I want Chandler Jones to go. And I want them to come after Dwayne Haskins. Like, to me, when you got a young quarterback like that, it, it's not necessarily the same style of offense that the Cardinals run. So I think they could take a little more chances. But if I was Vance Joseph, I would come after Dwayne Haskins. I would still make him prove it, uh, that he could stand in that pocket with a pass rush coming down on him, make some throws down the field. Um, I would make him prove that he can beat you personally. And so, to me, if I'm if I'm Chandler Jones and if I'm De- Devon Kennard, I'm coming, and that's an all game long. All right, Brian. So, what do you think's your what's your main key to the game, and what's your prediction? I was gonna say uh, I think we're focusing, you know, obviously rightly so on Washington's front seven, but I was gonna say Chandler Jones against that weak left side of the Washington offensive line. It was kind of sad watching some of the. The, the the clips back of that left side of that offensive line. Um, I think I think that Arizona is better. I think Washington is going to come out and play. I think there's going to be some chances there for them to hit an Antonio Gibson or somebody underneath. Um, I think Arizona gets the win. I think it's a little bit closer than you know Cameron said. So I'm going to say 23-20 uh, comes down to the very end. Yeah, to me, um, on offense, it's just getting some kind of rhythm going. Um, you know, we saw, like I said, we're still growing there, but my focus is on defense. And I think the biggest key is going to be guys like our corners and safeties, you know, getting those solid tackles on the outside, not letting plays go deep. Because like we said, everything that the Cardinals do, it seems like it's close to the line of scrimmage, and it's just guys making big plays, whether it's Kyler on his feet, Hopkins making plays, um, so to me, we've got to, our corners got to show up. Kendall Fuller's coming back. I think that's going to be huge for us. Um, sadly, I think we are going to drop this one to the Cardinals too. Not as not as steep as uh, what Cameron said, uh, but I think it's going to be twenty eight twenty four. I think we make a field goal, um, unlike Gonzalez. <laughs> but 
I gotta throw some heat at him. That was a bad game, even though he made the the deepest one of the game. Uh, but I think I think it is gonna be pretty close. I think it's gonna be a really exciting game. Like this is like the two uh, quarterbacks of the future, perhaps, and two solid uh, defenses. I think the Cardinals yeah. have a really uh, underrated defense going into this season. Like I said, last year was bad. Um, I could definitely see improvements in that last game, though. I mean. No slouch. I mean, Jimmy G looked. I mean, he was running around a lot. There was that one play where he did like six spins, like just trying to figure out where to go. Just get down, bro. Just get down. Yeah. So I think I think it's gonna be a close game, but sadly, I think we do drop this one. Um, but Brian, you have anything else to add before we head out? Cameron, thanks for joining us, man. And uh, you know, it's kind of fun to watch two quarterbacks in their sophomore seasons. Hopefully, uh, we're talking about. Uh, Surprising some more people in the league this year. So best of luck to your team after this week, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining us. You know, it's, it's it's great to see, like, some positive stuff come out of Washington. I will say I got a chance to get to know Doug Williams when I was in Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, the weekend sports guy out there, he was the head coach at Grambling. And it was just, like, the coolest thing that Doug gave me the time in practice to like talk to one about football. I was a young journalist at the time. So like, I'm not, I, I don't think I've been a Washington fan forever, but like I'm a Doug Williams fan and anything he's involved in, I'm a fan of. And cause I just have so much respect for that man. So it's really cool to see like some positive stuff come out of Washington. And I love Ron Rivera. And let me tell you this, he is so well respected here in Arizona, whether it's Cliff Kingsbury whether it's Larry Fitzgerald who talked about him today and said he's known him for over 10 years and just went on and on about how great of a guy he is. So when you can have a head coach that's like well-respected out here all the way in the desert, like, I mean, that's the sign of a good leader. And speaking from a guy who's, who's been around good leaders, like, like BA and other coach, Herm Edwards, I get to talk to Herm all the time. Love good leaders of men. Like if you got that, Man, that's a good building block for the future. So I, lo- I love Ron Rivera, and uh, man, I hope for great things there. Just not maybe not Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I know, we talked about it real quick before we recorded Pac-12. You said they're playing. How sure are you on that? Ninety-five percent sure All right, uh, that they're because they have. To, let me tell you this: they have to find a way to play. So here, here's the key: I'm no doctor, but now that it's proven it can be done safely and that there are ways to do it. These Power Five conferences, more resources than anyone else on the planet, almost. At least is what it feels like, you know what I mean? Uh, not more resources than the NFL, but, I mean, they got resources to do it and to make it happen. There's ways to do it safely. There's ways to keep these guys safe. There's ways to test them quickly now. I think the, I think the Pac-12 was the last one to play. Uh, today it came out that there was a report Halloween is the opening week. Uh, that, to me, makes sense. You play seven games. You're still eligible for the playoff. You have no room, though, for coronavirus cancellation. So, like, if one game gets canceled, you lose. Too bad, move on to the next week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, the Big Ten plays eight games. The Pac-12 plays seven. Everybody's done at the same time. Everybody's eligible for the college football playoff. The committee, obviously, that has some decisions to make then because you got other teams who will play more games. And how do you uh, – you know, Ohio State probably gets in if they play three games. You know, it just is – it is what it is. I get it. Um I think the Pac-12, they, they find a way to play because if they don't, and this is just the fact, they will be hurting for money for years and years to come. Oh, yeah. There's no money in play in the spring season, um, at least not at the major college football level. There's just not. Um, and, and these athletic departments, they live big football paycheck to big football paycheck. 
They pay for everything. Football pays for everything. Mm-hmm. Every other sport bleeds money. There might be one other sport that makes money. But uh, in these big colleges, football pays for everything. So in order to keep these athletic departments afloat, and you don't want to see ramifications for years to come where they're losing programs for the next couple of years, they're cutting sports, they got to figure out a way to play. Now, I will say this. That does not lessen the emphasis on health and safety concerns and the fact that we don't know the long-term effects of COVID-19. So there's for every like decision to play, that does not mean that you don't take it serious about like, hey, what can happen in the future? I don't think people know, but at least you have to acknowledge that like, hey, listen, we don't know. And that just that that's the other side of it too as well. Yeah, I mean the Pac twelve probably wouldn't get an invite to the playoffs anyways, but to at least show hey, up and participate. I'm, <laughs> you're I'm not you you talking to me. I know this. Yeah. I mean maybe Oregon. I will say Oregon had a good Oregon has a good football team. Uh we'll see though. So yeah. if Washington wins this Sunday, if I buy you a Dwayne Haskins jersey, what's the chances you'll wear it on set? Hundred <laughs> percent. You would? Hundred percent. Not gonna fire I don't you. Turn down, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't turn down a bet, man. I just say, listen, I, I right. lost the bet. Play simple. You know, you don't have to buy me one. Just ship me one. You know, if you got one, I'll, I'll wear it. You'll you send it back. Right. It's autographed, yeah, so you better I, send it back. I, I'll send it. I'll send it back. Do I get? Man, I got a. I got a Cardinals jersey. Our promo team gave us years ago for these promos we shot. But I'll, I'll send you mine with my name on it. All right. And I'm gonna need a picture outside of FedEx Field with it. Okay, I'll drive to Maryland right. with it. There you go. Awesome. Well, Cameron, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. We will see y'all Sunday. Drop your predictions when I tweet out the podcast episode because we want to hear what y'all have to say. But, Cameron, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully, uh, we get to meet up with y'all in the playoffs. Yeah, take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.